The Minnesota State Fair is a lot, a lot of noise, a lot of people. For some people, a lot is just way too much. But this year, for the first time, the State Fair is taking steps to truly be the great Minnesota get-together for everyone. Is there someone in your family who feels overwhelmed by all the sights, sounds, and smells at the State Fair? This year, there's a less stimulating day just for them. Plan to visit on Monday, August 28th. On the Kidway from 9 to 11, and on the Mighty Midway from 10 to noon, lights and noises will be minimized. The flashing and beeping and loud music on the rides, games, and other attractions will be turned way down or turned off completely. Less will be more for those with sensory processing sensitivities. So get in on the fun at the State Fair. Moms, dads, caregivers, take note. That's Monday, August 28th from 9 to noon. See you there. The best healthcare is there in ways big and small. There when we most and least expect it. We may not see it, but we feel it. It lets us know we're not in this alone. Everyone deserves a healthcare partner who never quits. One who's there for what matters. United Healthcare, there for what matters. It's not just another day in your life. Things are changing for the better. At Comcast, we see those changes and we're thinking about how we use technology today to live, work, learn, and play. And we're building for the future now, so we're better prepared for the wants and needs of tomorrow. That's why Comcast is rolling out multi-gig internet speeds to more than 50 million homes and businesses before the end of 2025, making our already industry-leading network even faster, smarter, greener, and more reliable. Over the decades, Comcast has been your partner, working hard to serve your community, and will continue to be your partner. We're expanding our gigabits so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most. Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello there, and welcome back to the Diversity Dude podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher, Marriage and Family Therapist, award-winning author, and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond what I share in podcasts like this, then feel free to check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. Designed for more than just therapists, if you're a helping professional in any way, diversity in clinical practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve. And it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And whether it be through my one-on-one -on -one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author or speaker, know that my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So today I want to share a few encouraging words about taking action to prevent future harm. As you've likely heard and spoken about in recent weeks, there was an incident that occurred on a riverboat dock in Montgomery, Alabama, involving a co-captain of a riverboat being seen in a dispute about a boat parking spot, which grew into this boat captain being outnumbered in a fight 
and eventually grew into an all-out brawl that went viral. A key factor in the incident is that the co-captain was black and the individuals who surrounded him initially were white, followed by an even larger crowd in the end. Now, as usual, I don't plan to know every specific detail of events like this as not everything was caught on camera and that that's what official investigations are for. However, inspired by multiple conversations that I've had the pleasure of experiencing in a therapeutic context with people wrestling with the results of this situation, as people's reactions and the incident continue to linger and influence the conclusions that they draw about different groups of people, I think it would be beneficial to clear up a few misconceptions and misunderstandings in order to increase the likelihood of healthier conversations in personal and professional relationships everywhere. The first misunderstanding is that Although it isn't always about race, ignoring race can invalidate patterns of negative experiences. What do I mean? Well, there's a long history in the media where there's this tendency to focus on race and ethnicity to the detriment of certain groups more so than others. There have been studies that have confirmed the tendency for race and ethnicity of crime suspects to be listed in the news report if the suspect is a person of color, more so than if the suspect is white, as if to convey that race is an important and relevant fact of the news story when it's a person of color, but unimportant and making it about race, quote unquote, if the person is white. This tendency seems to show itself in many discussions about this particular doc incident when references to this black co-captain being attacked by a group of white individuals is met with discomfort and accusations about race of the attackers being irrelevant such that any references to their race are made with accusations of, here we go, pulling the race card again. This apparent hypocrisy of the response often doesn't even have a chance to simmer and settle in, however, because unfortunately, mere moments later, there's often a tendency to highlight the large number of Black individuals who stepped in to defend and protect this Black co-captain, sending the message again that race only matters when it's a person of color. I bring this up not to pass judgment, rather to highlight a pattern that is often subconscious. When many people of color express feeling as though they're on the receiving end of this trend, they're often told that they're making something out of nothing. Sometimes, unfortunately, it takes experiencing it personally to see how someone else has been seen or treated for a long while now. It would be nice if race and ethnicity didn't have to be effective. And I am not a mind reader to be able to 100% confirm the race that race and ethnicity was consciously in the mind of those involved in the fight. However, considering the history of dehumanization of people of color in this country, both conscious and subconscious, it's perfectly reasonable to see the pattern and feel the need to not only respond accordingly, but also take action to not only end the present incident, but also reduce the likelihood of the next incident. Which brings us to misunderstanding number two. This incident doesn't prove or confirm aggressive tendencies of an entire group of people. Another thing that has been disturbing following this publicized incident is that many have unfortunately used this incident to justify their belief that people of color are unnecessarily and unhealthily aggressive. To prove their point, they highlight aspects of the fight where the group of white individuals being beating up a black man find themselves outnumbered by a large crowd, which include a large number of people of color who came into the man's defense. It is then when the white individuals who initiated the physical altercation began losing the fight. And that unwarranted and unnecessary aggressiveness of those people begins to be proclaimed. As if to suggest they, meaning people of color, are always looking for an opportunity to fight or cause problems. This stereotype is not only negative and inaccurate, but it also invalidates the reason for the aggression that is often seen or unseen. 
For one, let me be clear, there are a large number of, of population of every ethnic or racial group that have no interest in being aggressive whatsoever. So an incident-specific conclusion about an entire group of people is automatically misguided. That being said, what is missed, overlooked, or even ignored during incidents like this is what provoked the aggression in the first place. On that day, there were many people seen enjoying a boat ride and minding their own business walking along the riverfront, and then this incident was witnessed. They weren't walking around, uh, taking a long, quiet river walk stroll, saying to each other, you know what this day is missing? A good old-fashioned brawl. We're long overdue for one of those. No, that's not how it works. Anyone who believes that needs to do some serious self-reflection. Not only that, but when the incident began and it looked like merely another none-of-my-business fight between two strangers on the dock, many people got out their cameras to watch the still unfortunate incident, like curious looky-loos on the highway. Look, look who's over there getting into a fight. But then things change, for it quickly turned into a too, all-too-familiar situation of violence that escalated. Not only beyond what seemed appropriate for the situation, but into something that could have had devastating consequences if not addressed. We'll get to today's topic, but first. You know that building a successful business takes time. But as your business grows and changes, it feels like time is the one thing you never have enough of. Work with a banker who understands that the right time to get you the financial flexibility your business needs to thrive is right now. Work with Bremer Bank, because understanding is everything. Put us to work for you today at bremer.com. Our mental health is part of our total well-being. We're worthy of joy and self-care. Because when we see mental health, we see a community that cares. www.cmentalhealth.org At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity. Everybody has a few things lying around that seem like trash but aren't right for the garbage bin either. Ramsey County is here to help. So if it's that pile of branches, those leftover food scraps, that stack of paint cans, or that old TV, Ramsey County makes it easy to drop off items like these and more without a lot of extra work, free of charge. Learn what items you can dispose of and where at RamseyRecycles.com. Because in Ramsey County, recycling is for everyone. And when yelling from far away for those involved to stop, saying things like, hey, get off him. Hey, we got a camera on you. Maybe that'll get you to stop. And efforts, other similar efforts to garner responsible behavior and restraint went unsuccessful. Then the conclusion was drawn that some people only respond to aggression. Some people only cease force when a larger force makes them do so. This is not the sought out or ideal scenario. And while I always am a fan personally of looking for safe solutions to problems, I can also understand that sometimes if those options seem exhausted and if the stakes are high enough, that drastic times can lead to the feeling that drastic measures are needed. And one need only remember the tragic murder of George Floyd, among too many other incidents of unnecessary aggressive force of an outnumbered black man that eventually leads to that man's life ending. To understand, while not the ideal goal of how, many, of how they may have wanted to spend their day, turned into a situation of needing to have an extreme response to prevent the loss of life. You may not like it, and you're free to speculate about what you would have done differently or believe they should or could have done differently. That's perfectly fine. 
But in doing so, please make intentional effort to accurately understand the motivations of those involved in the process. Which leads to misunderstanding number three. It doesn't have to include you to be about you. Many people point to the large crowd that formed in protection of this co-captain, arguing that no matter what their motivation was, the initial incident didn't include them. So they had no reason to get involved or insert themselves into the altercation. Interestingly, those making this argument tend not to use the same logic against the smaller, but yet still outnumbered group uh, that were initially involved in the fight. You see, by this logic, it should have stayed a fight between two disagreeing adult individuals, with the friends of one individual standing off to the side to let them work it out. But the fact that this is not how it played out gets brushed over. But the argument that it doesn't concern you is also faulty because it ignores the implications felt by the incident like this that are felt around the country and sometimes even around the world. Again, think back to the murder of George Floyd right here in Minneapolis or even further back to the beating of Rodney King and unfortunately many more incidents in between those two. These incidents involve people feeling helpless and powerless to stop unnecessary, unwarranted and unearned violence towards someone who they identify with in some way. The connection not need be, did you know them personally, to make it a personal connection. So often I hear people reacting to situations of violence by expressing that could have been me because they share some factor in common or that could have been one of my loved ones and so on. Not only that, but in many of these cases, there are elements of law enforcement authority that increase the likelihood that there's a difficult decision to step in to protect someone else because it might result in one losing one's own life. Consider then, that person wrestling with what is even possible to do to stop the current situation and later to prevent the next situation from occurring. Then the question that comes, comes personally, what would I do if another situation like this arises? And then it happens. What starts off as a seeming disagreement turns into a fight, then escalates into a black man on the ground, surrounded by a group of white adults beating him, and the trauma of previously witnessed, even if just through the media, a similar incident kicks in and the thought comes, I, I can't let that happen again. I, I can't just sit by and watch this man lose his life. What, what if they beat him to death while I just sit from afar and watch? What, what if they beat him unconscious and just roll him over into the water and I'm too far to do anything about it? What if? What if? They, they clearly are not showing discretion and wise decision making. They, they, we're yelling. We're, we're screaming. We're recording. And it's not making them slow down. I must do something drastic to prevent something even more drastic from happening. If it was me, I'd want someone to come and help. I've got to do something. And the rest is recorded history. People didn't step in because they knew him. They stepped in because they felt they could have been him. Because if they were him, they would have wanted, needed someone to step in. After that, it isn't beneficial to analyze every particular step or action taken in an all-out fight. At that point, the snowball has already started to roll down that hill and everyone involved can say that there are things they could or should have done differently. However, what likely won't be on that list of shoulds and coulds is them saying that they should have done nothing. They should have remained a bystander and trust the discretion of people who had already shown themselves that they couldn't be trusted, at least in that moment. Or they should have trusted the patterns of history that precede this incident as being irrelevant. That's not a reasonable request. Something needed to be done. Now, instead of getting stuck in the details of what should have happened after the brawl got out of hand, 
it'll be more beneficial to focus our efforts on what changes can be made individually and collectively to reduce even the need for reactions like this in the first place by reducing the amount of aggressive incidents that contribute to them. The goal is understanding and reduction of situations like this in the first place with healthy interactions rather than unhealthy, rather than no reaction. That's a reasonable goal to pursue. My hope for you is that you would move forward making intentional efforts to understand why people do what they do before passing judgment on what they do, especially before drawing conclusions about an entire group of people in the process. By doing so, you put yourself in a position to contribute to healthier personal and professional conversations, ones that plant seeds for less prejudice-filled interactions and instead healthier interactions that change traumatic patterns and contribute to a physically and emotionally safer community for everyone. And with that, I'll say thanks again for listening in to today's Diversity Dude podcast. If you have any pressing diversity-related questions that you'd like me to address on an upcoming podcast, or if your organization is in need of a shame-free or empowering guest speaker or training on this often sensitive topic, then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.diversitymadesimple.com. And if you know anyone who can benefit from a positive and encouraging perspective on this often difficult topic of diversity, feel free to send them a link to this podcast so they can be encouraged as well, or share with them my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available at Amazon.com. And as usual, I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible in future podcasts to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in your community. And as always, remember this, you don't need to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Hi, I'm Shaletta Burnage. I'm a media personality, podcaster, and a business owner. But my most important role is mom. Three of my beautiful kids have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. When I didn't know who to trust or where to turn, I found ACRA. ACRA provides home care services to families all over Minnesota. The care is not one size fits all. They know each one of my kids is unique. They listen to what resources we needed and what's best for our family. I've seen my kids grow and thrive with ACRA's in-home care. While autism is the most common diagnosis among ACRA clients, ACRA offers personalized in-home care services for people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, behavioral diagnosis, and mental illness. They work with children, adolescents, and older folks too. Find out more about ACRA at their website, acrahomecare.org. ACRA helps me provide my kids with a better quality of life. They can do it for your family too. Would someone you love be at high risk if they got COVID-19? then be sure to take some steps to keep them safe before you visit. Ask your healthcare provider if you should wear a mask before spending indoor social time with a loved one who's older, has chronic health conditions, or is immunocompromised. And consider self-testing to detect infection before you visit. Even people who are showing no symptoms can have COVID-19 and can unknowingly pass it to others. Do your part to keep your loved ones safe because for some people, COVID-19 is still a true danger. Children's Minnesota, the leader in specialized health care for kids, is here to raise awareness, standards, the bar, the stakes, the question, the curtain. On raising kids' health to the highest priority, 
Kids need equal access to health care, more pediatric expertise, a voice for change. Kids need us, all of us. So let's raise them up. Children's Minnesota, the kid experts. Summers are a great time to park it. So take time to make time in your glorious Minneapolis parks. Now when you enjoy your beaches and lakes, piers and playgrounds, trails and paths, you can also stroll through the Minneapolis park markets. Now through the end of August, there's a park market every Friday evening at Minnehaha Regional Park. And there's a park market every Sunday afternoon and evening at Lake Harriet. Meet local artisans and small business owners selling unique goods and handcrafted items created right here for you. And with every park market, there's always live local music, too. August is Black Business Month, so be sure to support the park market vendors of color. Park markets, one more reason to park it in your Minneapolis parks. To find locations and hours, go to MinneapolisParks.org, then click on Activities and Events and look for park markets. Do you worry that lead-based pain in your older home might be dangerous to your children or kids who visit you? Well, Hennepin County put those fears to rest. Hennepin County offers free lead tests and home assessments. If they find anything, eligible homeowners and landlords can receive up to $15,000 for work on the home, including new windows. The government banned lead-based paint 45 years ago when it was discovered that lead poisoning can affect development and cause permanent damage in young children. But 75% of those homes built before 1978 still contain some lead-based paint. As the paint degrades, it can make dust that little kids ingest when they're crawling and putting things in their mouths. So make sure your home is safe and hazard-free. Learn about testing and that $15,000 grant at hennepin.us backslash lead control. That's hennepin.us backslash lead control. You know Shaletta makes you laugh. But did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business.